Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume. The stuff that you are insatiable for, the stuff that you find truly bingeable. Ooh, that was just perfect right with the music today. You guys, it's just me, solo in your ears. We're going to talk for a little minute. Um... I am literally lying in a bed in a hotel room in Orlando. I know, Orlando. I feel like the Housewives of Orlando whenever I say that. Um, but we're here for some working meeting kind of things and then going to go and do a social visit with some fam. But um, in the meantime, I did want to go ahead and talk at you guys this week because there's been just so much stuff going on. And I've consumed a lot of pop culture myself this week. So uh, let's talk about it. We're going to get into like some like Real Housewives. No, maybe we'll get into Real Housewives. I'm not there yet. We'll think about it. We'll get into Vanderpump, though, because that's happening. Queen Charlotte. Uh, yes, Bonnie Sherman, who was on the show. Uh, had told me that she had watched it. I made fun of her for watching it. Then I watched it and I loved it. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about it. Um, and then also RuPaul's Drag Race, that's going on. But uh, so let's just like, let's just start talking. Okay. So first off, yes, I'm in Florida and it would be remiss of me. I know I don't talk about a lot of uh, politics and serious things here because I do try to make this a respite for the outside world. It's a safe space, you know, here for us queer, gay, whatever, women, men, whoever you are that's listening to this, I do appreciate you. And this is just a safe space just to kind of, to beat yourself. I mean, that's, that's what it is, to be yourself. And, uh, and I'm being myself. And uh, But here in Florida right now, with all the stuff that's going on, with all this legislation coming in from this horrible governor uh, who is just trying to flex in Napoleon Complex and everything else and just completely aiming for gay people and just more lax on gun laws and all these other things. I mean, there's so much going on, guys. And so... Um, and what's going on right now, too, in particular, and just not making this a safe place for people who are queer and gay. And now we have, you know, the NGLCC that is now, you know, marked Florida as a uh, unsafe territory and those sorts of things. And um, we had to come here for work and we also have family here. So there's still going to be a certain amount of Florida travel that I still have to do. Um and there's some people that I very much love who live here in Florida. And I think I do have the privilege, though, of being in the bubble when I'm here in Florida. And that is usually like in a Wilton Manors, Fort Lauderdale, Miami situation. Um, but I do feel a little bit of that heightened awareness of myself, of who's around me who are the people in my vicinity, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a 
tall gay man but the thing is i do have painted fingernails and um i do be listening to some britney spears and whatnot uh <laughs> but uh so you know do what you will and what you must and some people are boycott this and boycott that and disney i can't believe that we're right now like cheering for a corporation but seriously like uh mickey mouse is just his lawyers are all over the place over here just fucking with DeSantis. So that's kind of cool. Um, so we're cheering for a corporation, and I've never felt like that's something that we should be doing. Weird. Hmm? Succession much? Um, <laughs> that's also something, too, like when you think about the succession. We'll talk about that, too, because, um, you know, we're just in there. But anyways, um, so, yes, so I'm in Florida, so I do apologize for the late podcast this week. But you are getting one, so... Uh, thank you guys for sticking around with me. But, you know, that's happening. Flipping over to other things that are going on in, like, the political spectrum of things. Um, this whole thing, I don't know if you guys have noticed what's going on with the uh, Los Angeles Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, this is just, you guys can do a little bit more research on your own. But it's an organization started in San Francisco, I believe. And... Um, these are the nuns that you're seeing. We call them nuns, but they're like men usually, but they are now, their ranks now do include women and trans and non-binary, and they're not just men anymore being the nuns. So let's just clear that right there first. But um, they are a nonprofit organization that when HIV and AIDS was spreading, in the 80s, they were the ones who were coming to the aid, you know, like how the lesbians also did, you know, when it came to uh, to us gay men, uh, when we were dealing with that epidemic, that pandemic of, of AIDS, then that crisis, um, the nuns were there, and they have always been there, and to get your nun habit, and so, and as you see them with their painted face, and like, um, from what I understand, is that they have to raise a certain amount of money uh, to first, you know, get their face, and then they kind of are put through the ranks. So it's almost like a sorority fraternity of a in in a, in a way. Um, extracurricular. It's it's a it's a you know an extracurricular for the people who are doing this. They have regular things that they do in their lives to make their money, you know. But this is a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit organization that does really really well. So. They were invited and they were being recognized by the L.A. Dodgers on their Pride Night. And Marco Rubio, who doesn't even reside in California, has nothing to do with us, says something about it because, you know, they're in drag and they're demonic and whatnot is what he says. Um, that small little monster. He, you know, gets the his little constituents and the people who are around him riled up enough and they're just so loud that the LA Dodgers disinvited them and decided to not honor them any longer. And um, it was really disheartening. And when you see people who are part of that LA Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, first name that comes to mind is like Beyonce, um, who is a LA Dodgers lifelong fan who's from LA and you know he's vocal we'll go to his uh, social medias and you'll see this but um 
And then to feel this, that the L.A. Dodgers are just turning their back on them because of an outside aggressor who's bullying and they're caving to this. And so L.A. Pride has now actually pulled out of participation in the L.A. Dodgers Pride Night. Rightly so, in solidarity. So you guys are seeing more... um, more face value to the sisters of perpetual indulgence there's different chapter chapters throughout the united states so do donate to your local chapter or if you want to donate to the la sisters i know that they will use that money for good and uh look for what their services and and that sort of thing so that's going on um so i didn't want to let's let's sit there um let's move on to some television and whatnot but i just wanted to be conscious of like you know like what's going on in the world um okay you guys so queen charlotte love it i love it i love it i love it um i think it brings back the bridge and universe completely it was fun it's candy because you get just to watch all these beautiful costumes and whatnot and set pieces and you know it's that bridge and universe and so and this does span in two different timelines too where we are seeing you know um now queen charlotte and how she's dealing with life and then you're seeing how she got you know how she first had her romance with king george and uh their marriage and then what ends up happening and um it's amazing so i'm not going to give away too much here but there i'm going to talk a little about some spoilers here so queen charlotte you know in the present day she is looking for one of her children to become pregnant they need an heir they want to make sure this bloodline keeps going and um one of the cool storylines so they have a few few different storylines in this queen charlotte that are i don't know did they call it responsible storytelling? What is this called? You know, but it's it's conscious. And, you know, it's not colorblind either because we can't call that uh, because Queen Charlotte really, Queen Charlotte, the, I'm saying title, like the show, the show takes on um, race and color and colorism and those sorts of things. Like even when Queen Charlotte is sitting for her portrait and the king's mother is sitting in the room watching as this painter paints and then when queen charlotte looks over at her portrait and says my skin i'm i'm too washed out i need to be darker i'm i'm darker and tells the painter to paint her darker tells the artist and the mother looks at her and says no you know you you glow so we should make her lighter because you know this is going to go up in the halls and this whole integration of people of color in with the fair skin white people in this fictional queen bridgerton you know uh queen charlotte world um is something that's new when queen charlotte is coming up so they are just giving out some of the uh, titles and things to people of color. So and it's like a project and it's a test. And so and that's where we enter in Lady Dansbury. Lady Dansbury was in the first Bridgerton series. She was the black lady who was just spunky and sassy and, 
you know, uh, has big auntie energy. She, they also go into her story and how she was originally married to this older, older, disgusting gentleman and their terrible sex life. She had been betrothed to him since she was 13 years old when she had never been free and she had had her, she had had children with him and unexpectedly he passes. Okay. I can tell you how it happens, but it's, he passes. And now she is dealing with his estate and his home and things. And number one, she's a woman, so she doesn't have that much standing because, you know, this is that old world, Victorian, whatever you want to call it. I am not even sure what year this is supposed to take place. And that's on me. And so Google it if you really care. But just know that they were in the fancy dresses and Renaissance wear. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but Lady Dansbury, her husband dies and now she's like left with her children and everything. And so, and you know, women in that time, you know, it was like marry somebody else, make sure that you can, so this way you still have a voice because you don't have a vote, blah, blah, blah. And what's different too is, is that does the title of her husband transfer to her son? Cause this is a new project that, you know, they are now starting with within the kingdom of lords and ladies being people that are black and so um there's a whole storyline there too of her son who is just uh, adorable so that's it's a fun storyline there and then you also just kind of see how she evolves and who is courting her and who she's into and um what makes her the woman that she is and they tie her into our original bridgerton Lady Bridgerton storyline with the mother. And so the mother now is like making cameos in this series too with Queen Charlotte. But Queen Charlotte, the other big thing that Bonnie was talking about last week when we were on, on the show is the mental health of it all. They don't really ever say what exactly is going on with Queen, uh, King George. Um, so you can, you know, deduce of whatever you think that he, he his mental facilities are and so that he's kind of phasing in and out. And so it's a uh, it's a very strong storytelling. We have a gay storyline in it as well, because the king's hand and the queen's hand are both Brimsley. And I cannot remember the other gentleman's name. Um, they are into each other. And so it is in their best interest to get the king and queen living under the same roof so then they can live under the same roof and their storyline is quite beautiful and it did make me cry so i would say in this queen charlotte okay number i was I was watching uh i watched like three episodes on the plane ride here the last three and so six seven and eight and in number seven I was like ready to just like hoot and holler and I was just like, yes. Okay. Cause there's some really, really good moments in that episode. But then there's also some really true love, just like heart stroking, like where you get like teary. But I think, you know, cause when you're in a plane, you're like emotions are like heightened or something. But, um, and then episode eight, I'm sitting there on this plane, uh, in the aisle seat. I know I could be seen by everybody and I am just like, I know I had like tears like streaming and I'm like, I am not this person on the plane, but I was that person. So I don't know why I think it was being on the plane, but Queen Charlotte, good storytelling. It was cute. We set us up for season two of Queen Charlotte. I'm looking forward to that more than I would be to a Bridgerton. Cause like I said before, I did not even finish Bridgerton season two. So that's what that is. Um, 
Did I put myself any other notes? You guys, I'm like, seriously? Seriously? Like Chris and Dowdy. Uh, just like laying here in this bed. Um, it is not the most comfortable bed either. I'm not going to harp on who the thing is. Anyways, because they might be a client one day. Um, Lady Dansbury and Princess Anne. Episode 8 was full of emotion. Uh, Mrs. Maisel is... Okay, let's talk about this. Mrs. Maisel, final season. We are in it. It's happening. And I hate it. <laughs> I have tried watching two episodes. I find all the characters to be super annoying this season. And I know how Amy Sherman Palladino writes. I know how the whole entire thing is. And I just can't... I have to say that, like, it's always hit for me and like last season was a slow burn with mrs mazel like i was like okay i'm into it this season every character is just an asshole and they're annoying and like i just i stopped watching and i want to finish the series just so i know what happens they also introduced like in the very first episode um spoiler about spoiler it's in like 1960 something or whatever and it's her daughter or no i think it's the 80s and so like it's like her daughter uh who is in the who's at her shrink talking about her mother and then we're gonna like flash back and her daughter more annoying than her um so i don't know what i'm gonna do about that because mrs mazel was like a show that i liked if you guys do like it and if you guys tell me to like hold on i will but i just i can't you guys it was so blech. Okay, you guys, I took some random notes from Vanderpump Rules this week. The series finale, I'm sorry, the series, the uh, season finale just happened. Loved it. Um, It was a good show. It was a really, really good showing this season. So I'm ready for, they're going to have a three-part reunion. And then they just announced that Peacock is going to have extended reunion footage and other specials. They are milking this season for all it's worth. It got 1.88 million viewers, almost 2 million viewers, okay, for a Wednesday night show on Bravo. Those are huge fucking numbers, okay? And then Ariana series high on watch what happens live because then andy had her on his show solo to talk and he just was rapid firing throwing questions at her 1.5 million viewers okay so like bravo is super happy it held on to vanderpump rules for another season because we all thought it was dead it was going to be done and as much as we all hate tom sandoval the boy did something right y'all um it's something. I think it's pretty cool that uh, that the show got a whole new life. It kind of sucks for what happened and, you know, what, um, you know, the whole thing has captivated us. And I think just like Ariana was saying, like, on Watch What Happens Lives, I think it has to do with a little bit of we've all felt betrayal by a friend. You know what I mean? Like, so there's there's that layer to it. There's the layer of having your heart broken. We've all felt that. There's the layer of being cheated on. 
okay or somebody cheating on somebody so you know what i mean like that's the other thing too is that like nobody's that innocent in this cast we know this i mean they're a bunch of cheaters we've talked about that last week we've talked about that in the past but um it's kind of amazing how like all this like perfect storm of all this stuff and the fact that we have like friends who have been betrayed you know so it's not just the love story it's also the circle of friends outside and how things go into them. And so let's discuss a little bit of that. So I got to watch this. Okay, so I was like on a plane and I really thought I'm not gonna be able to watch Vanderpump Rules. I'm gonna have to wait till like midnight and I'm gonna be in the hotel room. And I already knew it was gonna be like all like laggy because going from West Coast to East Coast, you're always just not sure what time it is. Um, Thank you Xanax for getting me on a sleep schedule. Um, (laughs) but anyways, um, I did get to watch Vanderpump on the plane. So I was like, oh my God, uh, they have Bravo. I was able to like log in, grab my phone watching. I'm like wondering why is not everybody else excited like me? And I did look around a little bit and some people were watching it as well. So, I mean, so some of those 1.8 million views were up in the sky, bitches. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh so i did get to watch it and then i watched most of the um, watch what happens live all on the plane best second half of a plane ride ever okay i wrote in okay so here's my notes and i did take little notes that first scene with ariana and tom where she lays it out and he keeps trying to blame her okay so this is that very first scene that we've seen you know that you know should you want me to get you anything yeah for you to die that whole and like even when you know she's kind of like going through it with him and just like you so you get a little bit of money you get a little bit of fame you know you find this girl and now this is like it's all changed and ariana's just basically even said like on watch what happens live that she is that she's done that you know that that person that she was in love with from back then she doesn't recognize whoever this is now that 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 is in front of her She's also still living in the house with him. They are so wrapped up. And this is like such a bad entanglement. That word. Um, What else did I say here? Oh, Rachel finds her worth in men. (laughs) And so when Ariana says that, and Ariana and all of the cast all just calling her Rachel. I don't know how I feel about it. You know? So I just, I don't. Um, Okay. When Ariana, so like, Ariana and Tom, they have that first scene together, which was like just explosive. And then, you know, he goes and he leaves, you know, she told, you know, when she tells him, do you have anything to say before we never talk to each other again? (laughs) It's just like, you know, and he's just like, well, you know, I just, you know, went this way and he just keeps trying to blame her. And I think that's the big rub here is that if Tom Sandoval just said like, I'm sorry I fucked up. That's it. Period. Period. Don't say anything else. Don't say because X, Y, and Z, because this. I mean, as soon as you start doing that, you are opening it up and making yourself to be the victim or to not take the blame and the oneness off of the um, apology. You know, so just like don't say but or and or whatever. Just apologize if that's what you feel. But we are seeing what he feels. And that is pretty much that like 
he feels like he was pushed into having an affair because they weren't sleeping together because they were living separate blah 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 and so and she just you know and her whole thing was as i would have followed you anywhere it was heartbreaking heartbreaking so we get that in that first scene and then the next scene that we kind of get like breezed over to um just kind of like throwing around here ariana has katie sheena and her gaze i kind of love that and this is when sheena finally like when sheena explains the whole thing about how she got so angry with rachel when they were at watch what happens live when she found out about it that she had like ragefully like pushed her and so um that she didn't punch her and then now we're getting all the memes of sheena sitting there with like her nails and she's like like look at my nails i can't make a fist i can't do it like this i can't do it like this so i can't like punch it's like that's the problem and it's like you can't make a fist you must have (laughs) quit so i mean court tv we're even wrapping that up into this um that was a great scene though and just the fact that like ariana seriously call your girls and your gaze and that's who she had rally around her love that logan's back all that sort of thing um tom and rachel okay so then there was that weird scene of like tom and rachel when they when tom goes to rachel's house and it was like the like um it was the very last scene that rachel's ever shot for vanderpump rules it'll probably be the like until she goes and does the uh reunion but um apparently she stopped answering phone calls and everything else from the producers and whatnot but the scene like we're back under the galaxy lights <laughs> like we're back under the galaxy lights isn't that nice like it's just like a whole thing um i'm trying to do this as a one take sally so i'm just making sure that this is like completely yeah we're still recording okay anyways so we have this scene with Tom and Rachel and they want people to feel so bad for them. Their whole family issues and he tells her um Okay, when he tells her, you know, they love you, like when he's talking about her, you know her family because that's all that she has and she goes, "I love you." And he goes, "Oh, I didn't I said they love you." Uh but I love you too. Whoa. 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 Was that telling? The narcissist. I mean, really, that's what, I mean, Tom Sandoval, the narcissist. And the thing is, is he's going to bounce back from this. You know he is. I mean, it's a fuck up. I mean, like, everybody is fucked up in their life. And so not everybody, and you don't really deserve to be completely canceled out because of who you're fucking. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, it's, it's what it is. It's just, it's the betrayal of the friends. It's the trust. It's those kind of things that, you know, that we're all looking at and we're just kind of like, geez. And that he also, Tom, used two women, you know, he just, and he never loved this girl. (laughs) Like, they love you. I love you. Oh, I mean, I didn't, I said, they, uh, uh, but I love you too. (laughs) Like, whoa. Uh, I mean, that's just, it's, it's just, it's crazy. I think Rachel, um, I have a feeling we're going to see her on like X on the beach. You know, I th- like that's where I think we're, that's where I think we're headed with her. 
um, if she does come back to a reality television show. I don't think she's coming back to a Vanderpump Rules situation. I think that it's really crazy because Tom is so wrapped up in with Lisa Vanderpump with the fact that we have a restaurant named Tom Tom after, you know, after the guys that Lisa owns most of that they have a stake in and it's part of this television show. So do we keep the Toms with Lisa and then you lose Ariana and the rest of the girls? Like, how are they going to negotiate this next year? I'm just wondering, is Tom going to be like a friend of and that he's just going to, you know, kind of whenever they go to the Tom Tom bar, that's the only place that they shoot with him. And he's no longer going to be like on vacations or anything else. The other person in this whole mix, too, is like that whole Schwartz situation. He knew this whole entire time. And we want to say, no, he didn't, blah, 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 blah. He was wrapped up in it. It was his boy. So he showed his boy loyalty and, you know, kind of, you know, you know, uh, you know, raise a little flag over here to make everybody look this way, look this way. Well, look over there, the Jada thing, you know, that's what Tom Schwartz is like rolling this whole thing. Look over there is what he's been doing for this whole uh, scandal. And so these two guys, you know, it's trash. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, what else do I have here written here? Um, they wouldn't have done it if they didn't think it was worth it. It's something that they did kind of say in that little conversation there between Tom and Rachel is that, you know, that, you know, he also, you know, would you have done it differently? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you guys both blew up your lives and He's not going to say, no, you're worth it, baby. I blew up my life for you. And now we're going to walk, you know, away from the rubble like a Hollywood movie where all of the, you know, the fire is behind us and we're walking away like Angela Bassett. You know, I mean, like, we're not going to get we're not getting that. It's not happening right now. Um, they were comfortable in front of the cameras, but not kissing. You can tell it was a little bit weird. She's smiling the whole time. Like, and it's just, I don't know if she is, if maybe it's a mix, if she's just so dumb that like, you know, she just finds all of this amusing and funny and like whatnot, or if she's a person that like smiles when she gets nervous, because I do know a few people like that and you're like, what's wrong with you? And they're like smiling and you're like, um, everybody's upset and like they're smiling and I I think maybe that might be like her issue is just like I don't know what I'm smiling for (laughs) but like everything is burning you know it's the dog inside of the house I'm fine um I just wrote sociopath they but they have graphic um and then they had the graphic Chiron that said Rachel shut off her phone okay anyways that's what that said okay Schwartz telling Katie okay that like, oh no, we're not sure what's gonna happen. Our business is getting a hit on Yelp and blah 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 blah. And he still comes to Katie with like his concerns and like she's supposed to care. And it's like, bro, she's not yours anymore. You don't get to lay all of your bullshit at her feet. As part of like when people break up, this is just something, okay? Like, if you break up with somebody, you're broken up. 
And so that's good and bad. You walk out the door and you take it all with you and you leave them with all of their good and bad. And they have this situation because they have to share the dogs, sharing custody. It's a different thing with kids and pets and all that sort of a thing that you have to actually still interact with each other. But those interactions with each other don't need to be you always just putting all of your garbage on the other person and then walking out of the house. It's not fair. It's no longer respectful and it's no longer like something that is oh that person doesn't owe you anything you're not together anymore so that person doesn't have to be nice and katie's been really good about like recently and in, in like this but you know they have to shoot this these scenes so the cameras are there but he's saying that he's worried about his health wealth and man eating alligators like really he's i told you guys he's got crackhead energy okay like he's got tina mel energy and right there that just it shows us it shows us again it always happens um who else do we have oh we have got Kristen back you guys Kristen dowdy is back i don't know what it was about her but Kristen dowdy was just like um hey Kristen, do you want to come shoot and she was like sure and what should i wear they're like whatever you have on just just come over and she was like okay and that's what happened like that's how christian showed up i mean they like and it was rude too like why did the bravo cameras have to show her from the waist up coming first with her like adidas slides and her yoga pants like that was just rude and that's another thing too is that if you notice in this whole entire episode like the color black everybody is wearing black everybody wants to wear black for like the whole entire thing like they are mourning like it's like this big like oh god this relationship is over and it's going to affect all of us and like vacations are never going to be the same and it's like vacations haven't been the same because schwartz and katie broke up and also stassi and Bo and Jackson, everybody are no longer part of the show so everything is always going to be evolving but this this use of black wear in this whole thing is just very funny to me but um this whole thing about Kristen and ariana now that they share the same ex-boyfriend and it was like um what else did she say here uh oh that his press is like smearing ariana basically that you know it was her fault you know, that they were pushed into this, you know, thing, you know, this seven month long thing affair. And they, uh, they come through, they come through, um, they get very LA girl and they like go to the backyard and write things on pieces of paper and then burn them, which is just so like witchy and new age. And it is the perfect California thing to do. Cause they feel like that's just like, if you have lived in California for more than three years and have not been to either a drum circle or a, like, um, what do they call those? A vision board party <laughs> or one of these uh, ceremonies where you write pieces of paper and burn them in a bonfire or a fireplace either if those are intentions or your uh, New Year's resolutions. So those are the things, drum circles, vision boards, and anytime that you're writing little pieces of paper and doing and manifesting. 
any those three things if you do not experience those in your first three years in california nobody likes you and you should just leave that's just it those aren't the rules but those are like the rules okay um and so this is what happens there so dust to dust and ashes to ashes and dust to side chicks so we have a beyonce quote i wonder if bravo had to pay um beyonce probably watched that and was like "Mm mm-hmm can you please send Andy Cohen a bill? <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyways, the melodrama in the scenes with Lisa, okay, is just like absolutely crazy. As each person comes in to see the mob boss. That's what I wrote is like, you know, Ariana comes to see Lisa, you know, Tom comes to see Lisa. And it's like they all have to come and see the dawn. They have to all come and kiss the ring and let, you know, and, and find out where do they stand in the family. And so it's just, it really felt like that. It just, you know, it, it felt very Paramount Plus. Um, everyone is in black or athleisure. Everyone is serving stealth wealth. That was the other thing, too, is that you know that, like, these girls are wearing these sweatshirts that you're like, oh, that's a cute sweatshirt. And that is not an old Navy sweatshirt. That is, like, a theory sweatshirt that, they, you know, it's like that kind of a thing. So everybody is serving stealth wealth for this whole entire episode. Um, Tom crying to Lisa is so gross. Hyperventilating. Oh God. Cringe. That's what I wrote. I'm just reading my notes. Um, nothing funny to say about that. It was just what it was. Him hyperventilating in the corner. Going, <laughs> and you're, Oh God. Come on, man. Just, just walk it back. Just a tiny bit. Walk it back. Just a little bit more. Okay. Um, then we have that scene with the girls up in the uh having drinks they didn't really tell us where they were a lot of the times or if they did i really didn't care but the girls were having black they were all in black having drinks um and when ariana shows up in the gold dress and it's just like okay so we're getting revenge bot like she's already got the revenge body so just like revenge dresses are going to start coming out remember Kristen's green revenge dress back in like season one of vanderpump rules when or actually maybe it was season two when tom and Kristen finally broke up and Kristen had that green revenge dress and she like showed up in a hot dress just to pick up like her mail that is the same energy vanderpump it's very much like it's cyclical like things that have happened in the past are, are going to come back and that's one of those things that so she shows up like that i loved here so we didn't get much lala and james this episode james had that like iconic scene where He's at the house and he calls Raquel on speakerphone and, you know, so what are you doing with, you know, you think it was all worth it for Tom's 40 year old little cocky cock? You know, he has that whole moment and um, and the girls are like laughing in the background and everything. It's very, very mean girls, but it's also kind of like you can tell James still loves her. And then they have that that thing, too, with James basically being like his relationship and his friendship with Sandoval is completely over. Like, and he's crying and you're like, Oh, he feels that. So James is like the one here who doesn't want to act like his heart is broken. But I think James is like double heartbroken. He lost a friend as well. And I think he was still in love with Rachel. I think he still did. He still had a candle for her, even though he's moved on with Allie who Allie's going to eat him up. Okay. I think he's afraid to break up with her because I think that she will eat him alive. Leave no crumbs as the kids say. Um, but that's just my opinion. But Lala here in this scene has such a great moment when they're up on that rooftop deck, having their drinks. 
And when Lord, when Schwartz is like, yeah, I used to have, I used to own a bar. And Lala goes, yep. And we're trying to blow that up. I was like, go Lala, do it, do it. <laughs> go call Daryl. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Tom, Tom fucked it up. Schwartz wants Tom to be a victim so bad is what I wrote here. Uh, and when he, he has that conversation with Ariana and they have like their history together and like Tom and Ariana were supposed to be like friends and Schwartz as in Tom, Tom Schwartz and, and Ariana, they were supposed to be friends and they have this conversation on the rooftop bar. It was funny too, because as they were like, okay, well you guys want to go talk by yourselves. And like, it was like production was like, we don't have camera set up anywhere else. You guys have to leave. <laughs> they didn't say that, but you can tell that that was basically what happened. Um, so, Ariana and Schwartz are sitting there and he's trying to make Sandoval still feel like he's now a victim that like, you know, uh, you should feel bad for him because everybody's being mean to the bar and blah, 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 blah. And like Ariana wants to burn it all down, you know, like they've been saying all season, like I will set her on fire. And really Ariana is at that point right now. She's in like, she's pushed there. And, um, and she's working from anger because that's the only thing that she can right now. Um, but Ariana, she puts down that 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 uh, that boundary, and she's just like, "I can't be your friend anymore. I'm sorry. Bye." You know, and like, and that's just like it's where it is. Um, then when they had that whole scene too with Ariana, and she does mention about like the frozen embryo thing. She had been talking about how she never wanted to have kids. And that was always his thing of wanting to have kids. And that's another, like, double mess on top of this. The expense, the emotion, the pain, that the physical pain for women. You know what I mean? For this whole, for, for the, em, for, for, for getting the embryos. And, and I mean, like, just everything about this. And so I'm really hoping that she didn't, um, that she she has her own on on freezer as well, not stuff just with mixed in with Sandfall because that's just like oh, girl. Um, I just wrote down. Tom walks into every room like a dog that accidentally shit in the corner. Like if you watch the episode again, Schwartz. Ever, or I'm sorry, not Schwartz. Sandoval. See, I'm getting confused too, guys. I'm so sorry. Sandoval walks into every single room, <laughs> like he just took a shit in the corner. Um. The whole things have with Ariana. Okay, this is I'm saying this because this is when he goes to Sheena's house. So this is our final scene. And some people I think that they wanted like more, but I think that we left it on a good place. Um, we ended at Sheena's house, and so Sheena and Brock are there, and Brock lets Tom in. And as he's like in that exchange, like you can even hear Tom Brock say, "You know, you really put us all in a hard place here, mate." You know, as he's going, and then Brock leaves, takes the baby to the park. And Sheena has it out with Sandoval. And Sheena is the MVP of the season. She's had a good showing all season long. She's had just enough of a fight with, with Katie that it was housewivesy, where it wasn't serious. It was funny. It was campy. Her not letting Katie in at like the nice pool at the resort in certain areas and blocking her out of her wedding even though Katie was in the same vicinity. I mean, it was just, that was camp. It was perfect. It was a good wedding. 
was beautiful, you know, and she got a good looking guy too. Brock is Brock is hot, you know, and like Brock with the cut hair, even hotter. Um, even though his face is like humongous. Um, and yeah, I didn't notice that before. But she wins. Like, and in this scene where she's basically like, Me and Tom go back. 14 years ago, we opened Villa Blanca together before the show even started. Her and Tom were real friends working at this restaurant back when she was fucking Eddie Cibrian. Remember we talked about that last week. Um, and when they also, when they were doing like their first press junkets and everything, Tom was in with the friends, but Sheena was always the outsider because she just wasn't sleeping with any of that crew and they all looked down on her because that she had you know was having an affair and that's how she rose to prominence but it's like you guys they built a show off of her back you wouldn't <laughs> like she was the in for the show even though they were sitting on a gold mine of all these kids i say kids but they were all in their 20s of them all you know being roommates and all having you know relationships with each other that was something then and, and that happens at every mall that happens at every restaurant that happens at every office building you have these groups because you know that you look around at your friends when you're at work and you're like man we could all have a show couldn't we mm-hmm. you know and the thing is is yeah maybe some of you guys could but the thing is is you just don't have the eyes on you and you don't get hollywood's like moment and it was a perfect storm where sheena was was in prominence and so anyways enough of a history lesson but that was you know what it was and she was always treated like the outsider and he would always bring her in so you know sandoval was like he's a he was a good guy and i think sandoval still is a good guy i just think that his narcissistic tendencies and capabilities have completely overrun his life but anyways um sheena has like a great scene here with him and when he tells her you know that uh, things with Ariana haven't been good for a long time, and I did want to break up with her, but when I wanted to, she's you know she was gonna like say that she was gonna kill herself or whatever because of all the things that happened, and she was like, so you don't do it this way. You rally her friends around her, you know, you, you like you know you call her mom, you call her friends, you rally her friends around you, and we pick up the broken pieces. You don't sleep with her friend, and that was just like. Doom. You know what I mean? Like Sheena just had like the best like little like there you go. Let's let's put a little let's we put a bow on this. And now let's wrap it up and let's send it to the masses. And so and that's what Bravo did. So uh Vanderpump rules. Mwah, such chef's kiss. It was a great season um because of all the things that were going on. As you like them, hate them, whatever. Tom Sandoval, thank you for your service. You did well. Raquel, thank you for your service. You did well. You provided wonderful oodles amount of TV. I think next season's going to suck because we're not going to have this. Um, but maybe it'll be just like a positive friend, you know, girl power something season. And let's see where it goes. Or maybe we'll finally get that lala james love story that i think is kind of overdue those two are like soulmates right mm -hmm. i think so too um so there's that okay let's move over before i wrap this up i've been talking to you guys for quite some time and i have other things to do and it is orlando okay you guys i'm in orlando um <laughs> i like saying that like it's like paris i'm in orlando um, anyways, 
Uh, Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Eight has started. Uh, did you guys see RuPaul's um, home walkthrough? Like basically, like her cribs with Architectural Digest. Uh, if you have not seen it, look for it. It's pretty incredible. The house is stunning. It's I completely love it. It's all black and white. She uses color in the right way, and the closets are to die for. Okay. We do not see her actual um, bedroom, though. So that's something that she does not give us in this episode. Uh, but anyways, I don't know what that noise was, but it sounds like like housekeeping was trying to like knock on the door, even though I did, but they do not disturb on the door. I don't understand it. We don't check out for like another day or two. Um, anyways, so let's talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, it's good this season. I'm liking the talent that's on it. You can see that they put girls on there just to send them home first. I mean, sorry, but that is that is what, what what's happening. The Kahana Montrese of it all coming out and just um, somebody who went home and worked on her drag, worked on her looks, worked on, got face work done, um, <laughs> but also came with a whole bag of tricks to be funny, to be on point, you know. I'm just I'm ready to see like what she's gonna pull out, and it's somebody who I really, I don't think that they thought that Kahana Matrice Montrese was going to come with the fire that she did, and so I think it kind of put a little wrench into their plans because I think that they were gonna think like push Darian Lake up there. We know Heidi and Closet is a fan fave, Jimbo is a fan fave. I mean like so you have some like heavy hitters in there, and then um, Alexis Michelle. Like, it's just, you kind of, you can kind of feel like who's going to be our tops. And then Kahana Montrese kind of came out of nowhere and she's proving herself to be something. They have the regular contest this year where the top queen wins like $200,000. But what's cool is that they are doing a secondary contest. So when I, I'm trying to think here, I would have preferred that they not sent any of the girls home this season. But since they are sending girls home each week, because they have 12 in the beginning, uh, they are having the secondary contest. So the girls still get to show off their runway looks. So, you know, if the theme was net, the girl gets to go and she gets to show off her net gown or whatever it is. Um, And then they're going to use those photos and the fans actually get to participate this season and they get to vote for who they want to win the fame game, which will then be determined at the very very end so it's a way for you know paramount and everybody else to get your information so each time that you vote so then this way they can send you more ads but um it's also so you can have a voice in this whole thing because everybody tries to feel like they're so invested and rupaul's drag race fans are absolutely rabid but um i don't know i just feel like we want to like nasha lopez to go a little bit further but I think with the competition that they stacked her up against, it wasn't going to happen. It kind of would have been great if they would have done what they rumored first out season was supposed to be, you know. So we have James Mansfield there who all of a sudden is like another wild card who's done doing really, really well. Um, Kohana, we have not. Uh, oh, 
my gosh, Nasha Lopez. I was going to say Nadia Ginsburg. Not Nadia Ginsburg. I love her, but still, it wasn't Nadia Ginsburg. It was Nasha Lopez. Nasha Lopez, <laughs> they were the first outs. And so people were thinking it was going to be a first out season, but it ended up not being one. So it's almost like everybody that's in this season, they were all either first out or they were miscongeniality. I don't know if it was meant to work, shape up that way, but it seems like that, you know? Another fan favorite in there is Lala Ree. I mean, like, so that's the thing is they have, like, these heavy-hitting fan faves that always have, like, the lines and the people that want to buy their T-shirts and everything else at DragCon, but then you don't have the other stuff. Okay, really quickly, let me just mention something. I have a feeling that I'm going to be on... I'm going to have unhinged messages, voicemails on another podcast this week because... Um, I was drinking a lot of coffee and getting a lot of things done. And I was listening to sloppy seconds with big dipper and meatball <laughs> and they have their voicemail thing on there. And they were talking about DragCon. and DragCon is trying to say that it had like the best record setting numbers ever this year, I guess. Um, I didn't go. Uh, and I know a lot of other people didn't really go this year. It was sharing the weekend with, the glad awards um so it seems like they knew that so they cut sunday off so now the um drag con even though it's saying it's the biggest weekend of drag ever they cut sunday off so it's only friday and saturday now so it's not as many days they are asking all the queens to invest in putting together trade show booth essentially and like you know putting themselves together in such a way so they can you know have their spots and bring merchandise and everything else and they're cutting a whole day of sales out of the whole equation um which just doesn't feel great and i think that was one of the reasons why they didn't have a huge marketplace i think people were saying that it just it didn't have as many vendors it didn't have as much stuff to buy this year and I think that as a for a trade show, a lot of people want three days if they can get it out of this, you know, because it's expensive to rent a booth spot and to bring all your stuff and to have the inventory and to fly your shit there or to drive your stuff there. And people are coming from Vegas and Dallas and the South and whatnot to come to L.A. Comic-Con or L.A. Comic-Con, L.A. DragCon. And it feels like it was a little bit of a miss. And then it was just kind of seeing things too. And I'm talking completely out of school and out of the left side of my face. And like I said, I kind of like threw some of these things over at their podcast, you know, on a, on their voicemails. And so who knows? I'm probably going to come off unhinged. But anyways, um, but the other things about like this trade show, and this is like coming from somebody who this is corporate entertainment trade shows, that sort of thing. It's like it's my life. It's my bread and butter is that you would expect that year after year of when a program is happening that it would get bigger and better and meatier and slicker and cooler and more bells and whistles and it would just keep on as the girls say stepping their pussy up and dragcon doesn't feel like it's done that it still has that one swath of pink carpet right down the center of the room but there's no pink carpet that extends into any of the trade show booths or even over i mean so and you have people who are going to be there all day and you know that a good percentage of the people who are attending are wearing heels and they're walking on that hard concrete floor all day 
in you know throwing a little bit of carpet swatches and that sort of a thing like they do for most trade shows um it could help a little bit a little bit of bounce but that's something and then also just looking at like the stage things and seeing what the led screens look like this year compared to what they did last year and it's just kind of like it's going back when it should be going forward like the thing like there should be more screens there should be imag cameras in there now capturing the queens so when the you have this many people in attendance they can watch the side screens to see what the queen is doing you know lip syncing because we are lip syncing so we want close up on these people's faces and better lighting for that stage and rupaul should have an amazing dj booth you know that sort of thing and they're moving back and they're not progressing forward and it's just like what's going on world of wonder because we're all here and we all want to buy a ticket and this year i unfortunately you know i'm talking outside of my mouth because i couldn't go this year because of um just work things and everything i'm in, I'm, I'm in florida right now so one of the reasons why i couldn't go um you know work work prevails and uh this year would be more of a social like fun visit for me more so than it is work that i usually do when i go to drag con but that was the other thing too is is that a lot of the talent and people that i knew that I would expect there weren't there they had taken other gigs they had moved other things around so they were going to be there one day they were going to be there not i mean so it's just very hard to like kind of like coordinate i think it just if DragCon is going to be this big jewel of a con convention it could be a they should make it a jewel they should treat it as such they should polish it up and they should give us something amazing um and they should step their game up each year you have more and more sponsors and everything else that cash app should have had pink carpet everywhere you know not just down that middle middle aisle like they do every year just a little bit more it would be it would be good um but it's fun and i hope people who did go did have an amazing time because it's good energy i do love drag con it is one of the best things to do i will go next year um, and if I could experience a New York drag, a New York Comic Con, or the one in UK, totally would do it. Um, so I would say that yes, it's worth going. Um, and this is me talking out of my head as somebody who's like kind of like in the industry, and that I'm just kind of giving my opinions. But as, if you were just going just because you want to go and you want to see Willem, and you want to get that like close up time, it's it's worth it. You know, so so do that, especially if you love like the season, whatever most recent girls are there. I mean, we're getting lots of footage there of like Sasha Colby running around and everything else. And I mean, like, come through you guys. OK, I'm going to be wrapping this up because I've talked for almost an hour and I need to go get some water and I need to do other things with my life. And I've given you enough of me. OK, enough. But I did get to experience trans girl magic at Rich's San Diego recently. It's a fun annual show that they do there um, with Impulse San Diego and a couple other organizations. And uh, Strawberry Corncakes was our host this year. Deja Ray. Um, they had Sasha Colby was their, uh, was their lead out girl and that sort of thing. But um, it was just one of the most wonderful, joyous shows Sasha Colby brought out such a huge crowd. I have not heard that kind, that decibel of screaming and like excitement in a room for somebody in a very, very long time. I mean, like Beatlemania, Britney Spears at the height level screaming for Sasha Colby. 
superstar. She's a superstar that we needed at this time. And we're wrapping this up right now. And we're going to like leave it here. But like, yes, so, so wonderful um, seeing her perform and just seeing all the girls. Strawberry killed it. What was great, too, at the beginning of the show is that, you know, Impulse brings out a couple people who are part of the organization and Strawberry goes out there and they answer questions and they don't just make this about, ooh, kiki, kaka, like we're going to just come out here and just have girls perform because not all trans girls are these glamazons. Other trans girls are just a regular girl walking down the street. She just, she's here, she's in her skirt, she's here, let's go to the store, she got a book bag, let's go girl. And, you know, and I think it's that, and then just also, you know, just kind of um, listening to what they had to say, and people got to ask their questions, and they got to answer, um, and it was great. So, um, that was that. Okay, we're gonna leave it here. I'm losing my mind. I'm fried out. I got to get some caffeine. Let's do our crushes of the week. My crush of the week person is going to be Sasha Colby. Sasha Colby now forevermore. She's your drag queen's favorite drag queen. That's my person, Sasha Colby. My place right now that I'm going to say is my uh, my place that is a crush is going to be the Brightline train. You guys, I really want to take it. It's down here in Florida. It's a, it's one of like the it's a high speed uh, train that's down here and it just looks the terminals look all beautiful and everything and I just really want to get on that so that'll be my like place very Florida and my thing that I am absolutely loving this week is going to be C's candy but specifically the dark chocolate marzipan marzipan okay yeah um dark chocolate marzipan so good. So that's my person, my place, my thing. Sasha Colby. So it's going to be me and Sasha Colby eating chocolate marzipan on the bright line. Okay, that right there. Perfect afternoon. Um, you guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Bald and Bingeable. This has been a long-winded solo episode, but I do appreciate you guys sticking around. Do like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And good night from the lower level. Good night from the lower level.